O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, August 29th. The Bible translations that I use each week include the King James Version, the New Living Translation, and the Israel Bible. This last Bible can be found online at theisraelbible.com. Someone recently wrote in to me and asked me why I am using the Israel Bible as one of the translations that we read from during the week. It is from a Jewish source. We in Hebrew Roots have only been studying Torah for about 30 years. We are newbies at this. There is much we can learn from our brother Judah, as they have been studying Torah for many centuries. I do not subscribe to the Oral Talmud, the Mishnah, and this foundation always remains. Yeshua is our Messiah. Aside from these differences, we can have dialogue with our Jewish brethren and be teachable. I have been involved with the building bridges between Jews and Christians through the ministry work I've done with the nation's Ninth of Av. I know Tuli Weiss, editor of the Israel Bible, personally. They are opening up their arms and their hearts to us and inviting us to study Torah with them. No strings, no agenda, no proselytizing. It is a pleasure and an honor to walk with them. Another ministry I have relationship with is RootSource. I encourage you to visit this website to see all that they have to offer. The website is root-source.com. These are loving Jews who share their knowledge of Torah with Christians. Again, no agenda, no strings, no proselytizing, just inviting us to the table to study Torah with them. I find many of the comments in the IsraelBible.com book to be very insightful and even profound, and not found in mainstream Christianity. I do use discernment and do not share all comments. It is prophesied in the book of Ezekiel, that the two houses, the house of Judah, the Jews, and the house of Israel, or Ephraim, the non-Jews, the ten tribes of the north, will one day become one kingdom, as it is written in Ezekiel 37, 16-19. As for you, son of man, take a stick for yourself and write on it, for Judah and for the children of Israel his companions. Then take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. Then join them one to another for yourself into one stick, and they will become one in your hand. And when the children of your people speak to you, saying, Will you not show us what you mean by these? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel and his companions, and I will join them with it to the stick of Judah, and make them one stick. 
and they will be one in my hand. This will come to pass, and Yeshua will accomplish it. Anything I can do to help prepare the way, to dismantle the wall that has so long divided us, the wall of anti-Semitism, misunderstanding, persecution, and hatred toward the Jewish people, I am glad to do it. I have a deep love for the nation of Israel and for the Jewish people. I believe that is God's heart. They are His people. We are family. Yeshua will reunite us and make us one in His way and in His time. So this is why I use theisraelbible.com. It's part of the bridge building. After all, the name of the ministry is Bridge Connector Ministries. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Deuteronomy 30, 1-10 When all these things befall you, the blessing and the curse that I have set before you, and you take them to heart amidst the various nations to which Hashem your God has banished you, and you return to Hashem your God, and you and your children heed His command with all your heart and soul, just as I enjoin upon you this day. Then Hashem your God will restore your fortunes and take you back in love. He will bring you together again from all the peoples where Hashem your God has scattered you. Even if your outcasts are at the end of the world, from there Hashem your God will gather you, and from there He will fetch you. Then Hashem your God will bring you to the land that your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it, and He will make you more prosperous and more numerous than your fathers. Then Hashem your God will open up your heart and the hearts of your offspring to love Hashem your God with all your heart and soul, in order that you may live. Hashem your God will inflict all those curses upon the enemies and foes who persecuted you. You, however, will again heed Hashem and obey all His commandments that I enjoin upon you this day. And Hashem your God will grant you abounding prosperity in all your undertakings, in the issue of your womb, the offspring of your cattle, and the produce of your soil. For Hashem will again delight in your well-being, as He did in that of your fathers, since you will be heeding Hashem your God and keeping His commandments and laws that are recorded in this book of the teaching, once you return to Hashem your God with all your heart and soul. Job 34, 1-36, 33 Elihu said in reply, Listen, O wise men, to my words. You who have knowledge, give ear to me. For the ear tests arguments as the palate tastes food. Let us decide for ourselves what is just. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job has said, I am right. Hashem has deprived me of justice. I declare the judgment against me false. My arrow wound is deadly, though I am free from transgression. What man is like Job, who drinks mockery like water? 
who makes common cause with evildoers and goes with wicked men. For he says man gains nothing when he is in Hashem's favor. Therefore, men of understanding, listen to me. Wickedness be far from Hashem, wrongdoing from Shaddai. For he pays a man according to his actions and provides for him according to his conduct. For Hashem surely does not act wickedly. Shaddai does not pervert justice. Who placed the earth in his charge? Who ordered the entire world? If he but intends it, he can call back his spirit and breath. All flesh would be at once expired, and mankind returned to dust. If you would understand, listen to this, give ear to what I say. Would one who hates justice govern? Would you condemn the just mighty one? Would you call a king a scoundrel, great men wicked? He is not partial to princes. The noble are not preferred to the wretched, for all of them are work of his hands. Some die suddenly in the middle of the night. People are in turmoil and pass on. Even great men are removed, not by human hands. For his eyes are upon a man's ways, he observes his every step. Neither darkness nor gloom offers a hiding place for evildoers. He has no set time for man to appear before Hashem in judgment. He shatters mighty men without number and sets others in their place. Truly he knows their deeds. Night is over and they are crushed. He strikes them down with the wicked where people can see, because they have been disloyal to him and have not understood any of his ways. Thus he lets the cry of the poor come before him. He listens to the cry of the needy. When he is silent, who will condemn? If he hides his face, who will see him, be it nation or man? The impious man rule no more, nor do those who ensnare the people. Has he said to Hashem, I will bear my punishment and offend no more? What I cannot see you teach me. If I have done iniquity, I shall not do so again. Should he requite as you see fit? But you have despised him. You must decide, not I. Speak what you know. Men of understanding say to me, wise men who hear me, Job does not speak with knowledge. His words lack understanding. Would that Job were tried to the limit for answers which befit sinful men. He adds to his sin. He increases his transgression among us. He multiplies his statements against Hashem. Elihu said in reply, Do you think it just to say I am right against Hashem? If you ask how it benefits you, What have I gained from not sinning? I shall give you a reply, you along with your friends. Behold the heavens and see, look at the skies high above you. If you sin, what do you do to him? If your transgressions are many, how do you affect him? If you are righteous, what do you give him? What does he receive from your hand? Your wickedness affects men like yourself, your righteousness and mortals. Because of contention, the oppressed cry out. They shout, because of the power of the great. But none says, Where is my God, my Maker, who gives strength in the night? Who gives us more knowledge than the beasts of the earth, makes us wiser than the birds of the sky? 
Then they cry out, but he does not respond because of the arrogance of evil men. Surely it is false that Hashem does not listen, that Shaddai does not take note of it. Though you say you do not take note of it, the case is before him, so wait for him. But since now it does not seem so, he vents his anger. He does not realize that it may be long drawn out. Hence Job mouths empty words and piles up words without knowledge. Then Elihu spoke once more. Wait a little and let me hold forth. There is still more to say for Hashem. I will make my opinions widely known. I will justify my Maker. In truth, my words are not false. A man of sound opinions is before you. See, Hashem is mighty. He is not contemptuous. He is mighty in strength and mind. He does not let the wicked live. He grants justice to the lowly. He does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous. With kings on thrones he seats them forever, and they are exalted. If they are bound in shackles and caught in trammels of affliction, he declares to them what they have done, and that their transgressions are excessive. He opens their understanding by discipline and orders them back from mischief. If they will serve obediently, they shall spend their days in happiness, their years in delight. But if they are not obedient, they shall perish by the sword and die for lack of understanding. But the impious in heart shall become enraged. They do not cry for help when he afflicts them. They die in their youth and expire among the depraved. He rescues the lowly from their affliction and opens their understanding through distress. Indeed, he draws you away from the brink of distress to a broad place where there is no constraint. Your table is laid out with rich food. You are obsessed with the case of the wicked man, but the justice of the case will be up. Let anger at his affluence not mislead you, Let much bribery not turn you aside. Will your limitless wealth avail you, all your powerful efforts? Do not long for the night when peoples vanish where they are. Beware, do not turn to mischief. Because of that you have been tried by affliction. See, Hashem is beyond reach in His power. Who governs like Him? Whoever reproached Him for His conduct? Whoever said, You have done wrong? Remember then to magnify his work, of which men have sung, which all men have beheld, men have seen from a distance. See, Hashem is greater than we know. The number of his years cannot be counted. He forms the droplets of water which cluster into rain from his mist. The skies rain, they pour down on all mankind. Can one indeed contemplate the expanse of clouds, the thunderings from his pavilion? See, he spreads his lightning over it. It fills the bed of the sea. By these things he controls peoples. He gives them food in abundance. Lightning fills his hands. He orders it to hit the mark. Its noise tells of him the kindling of anger against iniquity. Second Corinthians 4, 1-12
Therefore, seeing we, Paul and his co-workers, have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Yeshua the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Yeshua's sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Yeshua. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Yeshua, that the life also of Yeshua might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Yeshua's sake, that the life also of Yeshua might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life in you. Psalm 44, 1-8 We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work you did in their days in the times of old, how how you did drive out the heathen with your hand and planted them, how you did afflict the people, and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them. But your right hand and your right arm, and the light of your countenance, because you have a favor unto them. You are my king, O God, command deliverances for Jacob. Through you will we push down our enemies. Through your name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But you have saved us from our enemies, and have put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long, and praise your name forever. Selah. Proverbs 22, 10-12 Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yes, strife and reproach shall cease. He that loves pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, and he overthrows the words of the transgressor. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 10. And this passage is a really key passage, a cornerstone, and a foundation for a principle. And this principle is uh, a prophecy 
about the greater exodus to come. Now, I've talked with you just in the last few days about biblical history is prophecy, and that the events that happened to our spiritual forefathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, literally happened, but they also are a prophetic blueprint, a template for the final end of days generation. And I do believe we are that final end of days generation. Now, let me put Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 10 into context. This is Moses speaking to the Hebrews. It's all 12 tribes, and they are a mixed multitude. There are Egyptians and strangers in their midst who came with them out of Egypt. So he's not speaking only to one tribe, to the tribe of Judah, to the Jews. He's speaking to all 12 tribes. And they are about to cross the Jordan River to go into the Promised Land. He does not get to go with them. But it's almost as though he's looking down the corridor of time, and he's looking at the future. He's speaking to the final end of days generation. Because he begins to say, when it shall come to pass, when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you or scatters you. So they're about to go in the promised land. But he's looking at much later down the road when they get scattered to all the nations. So he's speaking to us today. Verse 2, And you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul. So again, his audience is not just to the Jews. His audience is to all the whole house of Israel, all 12 tribes, to the entire nation of Israel, which includes the Jewish part of the nation and the non-Jewish part of the nation. This is a message for you and I, my friend. The northern kingdom did get scattered and taken out to uh, Assyria. The southern kingdom did get taken into exile to Babylon. So this did happen. Verse 3. If you ret- Well, let me go back to verse 2. If you- and you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your heart, with all your soul, that it's an if. And here's the then, the then statement, verse 3. Then the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. Now, the Jews, they only went to one nation, Babylon, and then a remnant returned from Babylon after 70 years. So this is inclusive. The northern kingdom was taken to Assyria, and then from there they were assimilated, and they got scattered to all the nations of the earth. So verse 3 shows us he's speaking to all of his remnant people wherever they are. Verse 4, if any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven. And from there the Lord your God will gather you. And from there he will bring you. So if you live on some little tiny island in the South Pacific, if you live as far as you can possibly be away from Jerusalem, um, maybe all the way in the Pacific Northwest, that's about as far as you can get from Jerusalem. 
or from Antarctica or Arctica or Poland, Iceland, wherever you are, from the farthest part of heaven, from there the Lord will gather you. And this is future prophetic. Then, verse 5, the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. So basically, he's talking about another exodus to come. He's going to gather all of his people who are scattered to all the ends of the earth and bring them to the land that their fathers possessed. That's to the promised land, to Israel. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Okay, so this is the foundation of the greater exodus to come. In other words, when the Hebrews were delivered out of Egypt, and it wasn't just Jews. Again, all 12 tribes were there living in Egypt as slaves. And um, there was a mighty deliverance. This is going to happen again. How do we know this? I'm going to read several other passages from the scriptures that are telling us about this greater exodus to come. The first one is Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 7 and 8, where it is written, Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord that they shall no longer say, As the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. So this is referring to another greater exodus to come. It's comparing, directly comparing the first exodus, and it's basically saying they're not going to talk about that anymore. They're going to instead talk about this greater exodus where the Lord brings all of the descendants that have been scattered from all, to all the nations of the earth, and he's going to bring them back to their own land, to the land of Israel. Here's another passage. Ezekiel chapter 37. And this passage, starting in verse 15, talks about the two sticks. One stick is the stick of Judah. The other stick is the stick of Joseph. And God is prophesying through Ezekiel that these two sticks, or these two kingdoms, these two nations, are going to become one stick, one nation, one kingdom. And I'll start in verse 18. And when the children of your people speak to you, saying, Will you not show us what you mean by these? Verse 19. Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his companions, and I will join them with it to the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they will be one in my hand. It goes on, and it continues. Um start with verse 21. Then say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. Who are the children of Israel? That's not just the Jews. The children of Israel includes the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. Verse 22, 
and I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. That's uh, the biblical heartland of biblical Judea and Samaria, also known as the West Bank. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them all, and they shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms again. So that's another prophecy. He's saying, I'm going to take my children that have been scattered to all the nations of the earth, and I'm going to return them to the land of Israel, and they'll be joined with Judah, and they will become one people and one nation, and they will have one king. And who is that one king? It will be Yeshua, our Messiah. And that brings me to yet another scripture from the book of Hosea. So let's now go to Hosea chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. And this is yet another scripture that's referring to the future ingathering of all of God's people, reuniting northern kingdom and southern kingdom that are no longer divided now, but they are one kingdom, one nation, under one king, King Yeshua. Hosea chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass, in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There it shall be said to them, You are the sons of the living God. Then the children of Judah, the Jews, and the children of Israel, the non-Jews, shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. The last passage I'm going to share from regarding this greater exodus to come comes from Ezekiel chapter 20, starting in verse 33. And there it is written, As I live, says the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with fury poured out, I will rule over you. Now, Whenever you hear that phrase, mighty hand, outstretched arm, that is Exodus talk. You see that phrase repeated over and over again in the book of Exodus, because God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. So that's Exodus talk. Verse 34, I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you. Out of the countries where you are scattered, with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, and with fury poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples, and there I will plead my case with you face to face. That's what happened in the first Exodus. But they weren't taken up from many nations, they were taken up from one nation, from Egypt. And God brought them to the wilderness, to Mount Sinai, and there He pleaded with them face to face in offering the Ten Commandments, a ketubah, a wedding covenant, a marriage covenant, um, basically asking them to, will you marry me? And if you will, these are the terms and conditions of our marriage. It's the Torah. You're to follow the Torah, the Ten Commandments. Verse 36. Well, let me start with verse 35 again. I will bring you out into the wilderness. This is future prophetic. 
into the wilderness of the peoples, and there I will plead my case with you face to face. Verse 36, Just as I pleaded my case with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will plead my case with you, says the Lord God. There is a direct comparison in that verse between the first exodus and the future exodus. He's referring back to the first exodus, and then he's pointing us to a future exodus. I'm going to plead my case with you again the way I did before. Verse 37, I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. Future prophetic. I will purge the rebels from among you and those who transgress against me. I will bring them out of the country where they dwell, but they shall not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So this is a very powerful passage that states pretty clearly, not just in hinting or in a a remez hint, but very clearly and very directly that there is a future greater exodus to come, that he's going to gather his people from all the nations of the earth, bring us out into the wilderness where he makes his case. And though many have been taken out from all these different nations, not all will go into the land of Israel because there will be rebellers, rebellers in our midst. And he's going to sift, sort, and separate and set aside the those who are in rebellion. And so basically the entrance ticket into the land of Israel is that we are being obedient and following the Torah out of a heart of love not in a religious fashion, but by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So, that takes us back to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. This is the cornerstone, the foundation, the very first mention of the greater exodus to come. And it applies to all of his remnant people, wherever they are. That this is a promise that we can look forward to. And as I've been thinking about the massive tyranny and fascism that is coming down upon the nations in Australia with lockdowns and mandatory vaccines and in France with mandatory vaccines and green and vaccine passports in New Zealand and even now in America where different corporations and governmental agencies, state agencies and federal government are requiring, and universities, hospitals, requiring that students and employees must be vaccinated, that the military is now requiring that the armed services must be vaccinated. There's not a choice in the matter. That this level of fascism and tyranny, that we're seeing this end-of-days beast system forming and rising up. It's like we're living in Egypt once again, and we're under the boot of tyranny and oppression. And we're beginning to see a repeat of history that as it was then when the Hebrews were living in Egypt, in bondage, in oppression, and in slavery, then God raised up Moses to bring them out. We are living under bondage, tyranny and oppression today, globally, throughout the world. 
and God is going to raise up deliverers. And he will deliver his people and bring them on a journey home, the greater exodus to come. So be encouraged, stand strong, walk in faith. Do not walk in fear, walk in faith. Trust in Yeshua. Be blessed. Shalom, and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai Adonai the Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.